right, here we go. Welcome to this edition of the Showcase in College Baseball podcast powered by College Recruit Prep. I'm your host, Ross Hawley, and I want to thank you for spending some time with us wherever you might be watching or listening from. If this is your first time with us, welcome. Go give us a follow on our Facebook group page at Showcase in College Baseball or visit us on the World Wide Web at collegerecruitprep.com. Man, I'm pumped for today's episode. I know, I know, I'm always pumped, but today I am pumped to be talking to this human being. I've known this guy for quite a while now, and I can say this with supreme confidence. He's one of the best guys you will ever meet. Rare is it you find someone who just gets it on every level. Well, Jake Rogers is one of those guys, and I'm not the only one who knows that about him. Jake played his college ball at Tulane. He was drafted in the third round by the Houston Astros in 2016, and today he's one of 30 men to be a starting catcher in the big leagues. Mark my words, this dude will be playing baseball for at least another 10 years, and when he's done playing, he's going to be a manager at the major league level. I'm just putting it out there. From what it's like to be a big leaguer to his advice uh, to young baseball players out there dreaming of greener fields, here's my conversation with Jake Rogers of the Detroit Tigers. Uh, guys, welcome to the, the Showcase College Baseball Podcast. Uh, my name is Ross Hawley uh, with College Recruit Prep, and uh, I'm, I'm excited today to talk to uh, the man you're seeing on your screen. Well, if, you're, if you're listening, you're not seeing him, but... The man, Jake Rogers, uh, catcher for the Detroit Tigers, the big league team. Uh, Jake's been in the big leagues, uh, I believe, for three years now. Had just an, a breakout year last year. Let's hope he gets that money in arbitration yeah. uh, because he deserves it. Uh, but Jake Rogers, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure. So, so Jake, you are... Just kind of curious what you got going on right now. Uh, it's a Friday afternoon in Florida. You're just out. Are you, you're in Lakeland or Tampa? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Working out at the facility in Lakeland, Florida, but uh, living here in Tampa. Um, yeah. I got nothing going on right now. I went, went in and did all the worked out, hit, caught all the good baseball stuff this morning from 7.30 to got back at about Ooh. 1. So, um just kind of did that all this morning and now just kind of hanging out, relaxing. Awesome, man. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go through some questions because man, I could, I could pick your brain all day and I think you're gonna have some really good stuff for the, for, for our audience here. But I, I want to start with this, man. I, I'm going to say this. I, I, I want to know this. Walk me through, like we're in the off season right now. We know that uh, pitchers catchers report like in about what, February 15th ish. February 14th or 15th. Yeah. Somewhere around Valentine's day. Oh wow, wow! So uh, good, good way to miss out on Valentine's Day. Yeah, <laughs> get it all in, <laughs> get it all in before uh, yeah. before you head down there. Exactly. So, so man, Jake, what I want to know, for, you know, for for everybody listening, um, walk me through a typical day during the off season for you. Uh, you know, what do you do? You you said you mentioned seven thirty workout. I'm like, dang, that's early, man. So walk me yeah. through a typical day. Um, well, before I got here, I got here this week, but when I was in Dallas, I live in Dallas during the off season, uh, typical day would be wake up at, uh, seven 30, uh, drive up to Frisco where I work out and get a good workout in from about eight 30 to about 11, 11 30. And then, um, from there we'll go. Uh, we'll throw outside or indoors, whatever's, you know, if it's a nice day, we'll throw outside, whatever, get your throwing in. And then from there, we'll head to a facility where we hit and then we hit for, uh, you know, however long that takes, you know, if it's a good day, you know, 30, 45 minutes, if it's a bad day, about hour 15, if you're trying to work on something. 
Yeah. Um, but uh, then from there, you know, head home and um, kind of be lazy for the for the day, and then you know start cooking some dinner or whatever when when dinner time comes around. Uh, you know, that's about it, really. I mean, really from you know seven thirty to about right after lunch. Um, you know, it's kind of like my work time, and then after that, I kind of get to do um, with whatever I want. You know, after that, whether it's you know little video games here and there or just kind of hanging out, man, that's about it. You got to, you got to let me know. Uh, you and I need to hook up on X. Do you have Xbox or PlayStation? What PlayStation, you yeah. PS5. Yeah. That's what, like a, what, what, are, what are your games? Uh, man, I, I don't like during the season, uh, if there's downtime. I don't really play much, but like golf, the PGA golf yeah. is like a huge time waster. Yeah. Um, because you could play like a full 18 holes and it takes like 45 minutes. So like, it really does like, um, uh, take some time off, but like call of duty, I'm a big call of duty. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've literally, I think I've bought, um, I started on, you know, PS3 when I was in high school, I think I've bought literally every call of duty game because I, I love nice. I Oh, um, uh, I play online all the time, you know, with my buddies, it's kind of a, you know, a good time, time killer in the afternoons too. But I literally buy the game just for the campaign. I crush the campaign. That's like, yes. my, yeah. See, you know, that's, that's the, that's the fun stuff. That's what everybody really wants to yeah. watch. I like this. Um, uh, hey, I'll tell you what. Um, all right. So I'm curious when you say we go work out in the off season, do you have some, some dudes that you're rolling with uh, each day, some other big leaguers, some minor leaguers? What is that? What does that look like? Um, yeah, there's, there's a few of us. Um, when we were, when we're all together, um, you know, guys have, you know, weddings leaving, you know, on the weekends kind of thing. When we're all together, there's, there's five of us um, in this group. It's me, Max Muncie, um, who's a local guy. Out of Keller and then Josh Bell, another local guy. And then um, Kyle Crick, who's been, you know, in the big leagues for a while with the Pirates. He's from up north in Sherman, the DFW area. And then uh, a kid named Matt Lipka. Um, oh, yeah. From yeah. McKinney. Yeah, McKinney kids. So they're all, they're all kind of local DFW guys. Um, and uh, we had a couple college kids that came in uh, towards the end of the year. Um, and then – uh, that, that's kind of about it though. That's, it's kind of, you know, it's, I like the, the smaller groups, you know, you, you kind of have, uh, you have a good time though. You need, you need a, you need that like friendly competition, you know, that kind of work out and, you know, mess around too, you know, and that's kind of probably what takes us working out, you know, three hours is, you know, we're kind of, you know, we'll talk and then we'll, you know, work out for, you know, a little bit and then we'll talk and in between sets, stuff like that. But yeah, that's, that's kind of the crew right now. What What's that? What's that? Um, What's the value of that knowledge base? I mean, I, I, I obviously Muncie's known for having the best eye in Major League Baseball, right. uh, uh, which to me just blows my mind. But um, what's it like being around those guys? Are are you guys picking each other's brains? Are you tips? Are we giving suggestions? What's that? What's that look like? We we get into baseball talk. Very, I mean, we do talk baseball a lot. Um, we, you know, we're all baseball guys, um, but we kind of it's very rare, you know, like I would say most of the time we're just here, like kind of getting away. Everyone's kind of getting away from baseball. You know, you play it for, you know, all year, you get it, you know, all year, you know, pretty much until October from February to October. And, um, 
so at that time, you know, we're just kind of there to goof around and let the personalities come out and stay away from baseball. But it does come up a lot, you know, like, because I mean, it's part of our lives. It's, you know, like we're trying to, everyone's trying to get an edge on the game and, um, you know, just kind of see what they're thinking. And that's what kind of I've always loved to do is, is like talk about that and having, you know, months, especially, you know, it's a good, he's an incredible eye, like you're saying. And then Josh Bell, he's been around forever. He's been on, you know, a few organizations. He knows how it should be run. I mean, he's, he's, um, I mean, he's, they're both great, great guys to have around. And, you know, it's, it's also, you know, with, with Crick, you know, it also lets me, um, he's a pitcher, he's a, he's a relief pitcher. So it lets me, you know, kind of catch his bullpens and kind of stay a little, a little, um, you know, in shape with that, in that regard. So, I mean, it's, 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 you can't really put a price on it with, you know, talking to all those guys because, you know, they, they all came up differently. Everyone came up differently and, um, you know, their paths are all, all different. So, you know, everyone's got stories and it's, it's always fun to, to chop with those guys. I kind of want to build this up because like, obviously I I know you and for, I I had the pleasure of just being around you for, for two years when, when, when we coached uh, one of the teams that you played on when you were 16, 17, 18. Um, Yeah. 15, 16, 17, somewhere in there. Uh, And man, the stories I could tell about you, uh, (laughs) we'll we'll get into those. And I, and I, man, nothing. Good and bad. No. And you know what? You'd be surprised. Not that many bad ones, man. So, um, but but I I, I kind of want you to build this up because I, I mean the audience listening they see Jake Rogers as a big league catcher I mean you are the best of the best uh, you're one of what is it thirty two uh, you know starting big league catchers that's not very many spots in the world mm-hmm. um, I, I want to know I want to know when did you realize that like baseball was your thing and when and 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 when did you realize that, hey, I'm gonna, I want to be doing this at, at, at the highest level that I can? And when you made that, did, it, was it like a, like a conscious decision? And what, what did that work in that journey look like for you? Man, baseball has always, like ever since I can remember, like my earliest memories, I had a baseball in my hand. Um, we grew up in a small town in West Texas. Um, I, so I have two older brothers, one that's nine years older. I was kind of a baby. So surprise. And, um, you know, one that's nine years older, one that's 13 years older. And um, they were in high school at the time when I was kind of getting into the four or five year old range and they played all the sports. So um, sports was just like a part of my DNA it always was, you know, my, my, uh, my dad kind of grew up a farmer. Um, but they grew up, you know, again, small town, West Texas, his dad, but, you know, they always talk about his dad being incredible at baseball, you know, my mom's dad being incredible at baseball. So it, it kind of runs deep, but ever since I was little man, growing up, I I grew up around baseball fields. I grew up around football fields. I grew up on the basketball court, you know, running and, and watching sports. Um, but the one that I was just, you know, honestly, naturally good at was baseball. And that's the one that I always loved. I mean, my first word was ball. I mean, that's kind of cliche, but you know, it's just kind of yeah. always been a part of, um, of me and, and, you know, and, and ever since I, you know, was four or five, you know, I remember going to the field and, and I think this is what really kind of helped me excel was, you know, my brother was, you know, 14, a freshman in high school when I was five, you know, so yeah, I was going up to the high school field and, you know, catching fly balls from high schoolers and playing catch with high Man. schoolers, you know? So like, I think that really kind of propelled me, 
you know, and, and playing with kids that are older than me, you know, and, and really kind of, you know, pushing, pushing the limits, you know, of, of guys like kind of, you know, not even trying to make me better, but just naturally doing it because, you know, they're just playing how they're going to play. Um, but yeah, was there, a, was there, a, was there a time when you said, when you re when you realized like, this is a little bit different for me. I, I, I'm a little bit better, I think, than 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 some of the other guys. Was there a See, moment like that for you? Man, I don't really have – like, it took me a while to figure that out. I knew – I always knew I was pretty good, but I just loved playing the game. It really didn't – like, that didn't really hit me until I was probably, you know, in high school and college just started talking to me. Like, it, it really didn't – hit me that and I'm like man like these teams actually want me to play for them in college you know like it didn't hit, <laughs> it didn't hit me you know my you know like I always hear it from my family but it's not the same you know you hear it from your dad and your brother and it's like yeah oh you know you're the best catcher ever you know like they have to <laughs> yeah say that. you know they have to say that you know they're not yeah. gonna, um so I took what they had with a grain of salt and um but you know just playing against guys and having coaches you know kind of tell me like you could you know make that move to the next step um and what was wild, and I don't even really know why, why I'm, I might be jumping ahead of questions, but no, man, uh, have at it. I, uh, what's wild is I, when it became time to, cause I, I, you know, fast forwarding, I got a chance to a free agent sign from the Tampa Bay Rays out of high school. Um, and I had to choose between, you know, college or pro. My dad always told me like one of my dreams was to play college baseball. Yeah. And like, I always told like, man, you want to, you know, you wanted to play college ball. You wanted to play college ball. Cause there wasn't really any pro teams out in West Texas. You know, there was when I was really little, but I don't even know if, I don't even know if they were around there. They were called the crickets. And I think it was a farm league team for a certain team. I couldn't even tell you what team the Lubbock crickets, but um, there was the Amarillo Dillas was a, a, a minor league team. But I mean, really other than that, it was all, it was Texas tech. It was Texas tech baseball. Yeah. That, those are the games we went to, and I think that's kind of what, what, um, what, uh, hey, kind of pushed. Did those? Please tell me that, that Texas Tech recruited you. Uh, crazy story, but yeah, yes oh. and no. Yes, that's a, that's a long story, <laughs> but uh, yes and no. I so when it was, they had a coaching change to Tadlock. Yeah, and I was a junior or a sophomore. It was sophomore junior, right around the time of recruiting, and Dan Spencer was the coach at the time. And uh, he was recruiting me pretty heavy. And then he ended up going to University of New Mexico. I think it was my sophomore year because that was my first uh, my first offer was Dan Spencer at University of New Mexico. Wow. And um, and he when he left, he offered me there. And I was, you know, because like literally Texas Tech could have offered me like little to no money and I would have went like it. Man, but, I, um, I'm shocked that you didn't go there. I really yeah, I, I didn't I, even think I about that. I would have. And that's what's kind of crazy, and they didn't know that. I mean, it, I mean, it was. Um, I've heard nothing but great things about Tim Tadlock, honestly. But I mean, yep. they just kind of, um, yeah, it didn't happen. Crazy. Well, story. so so you ended up at Tulane. Um, yeah. it, it, you know what? Here, let me back up a step. Yeah, I, I, sorry, I want to. I want to go in on that on that uh, story about the Tampa Bay race because here's what I remember of that. Um, I remember. You may not have like a moment, but for me watching you and I, I like I said, I had the, the 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 joy of watching you for two years as as uh, as a pitching coach on the staff that that uh, coached the the D bat team that you played on, and 
there were the moment that I honestly, I remember leaving the park and saying, I think this dude is different than everybody else on the field was the, the triple that you hit. Was it a two strike count? We were, we were playing Midland and we were down, uh, down to your last strike down to the last two outs. Do you remember this moment? I, I don't. Is this Connie Mack? Connie Mack World Series. Yeah. We're in the yeah. Connie Mack World Series, and, and we're playing Midland, and I'm and we're thinking it was an elimination game, and to get to the to get to the finals, I believe, and you were one and two, two and two, but I remember watching in the the, the moment uh, how slow everything seemed to you, and and being with my background, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I've seen good players before, but uh, how slow things were going for you. And then to come clutch, and you just hit a, a, a an absolute missile over the center fielder, uh, center fielder's head, scored runs. You end up on third, and then I hear uh, in the hotel after the game that Tampa Bay was on you, basically offering you a, a, a nice a lot amount of money. Right. Yeah. And I remember thinking, this dude's different. This this dude this dude he has what it takes. So that was kind of my moment. What do you remember of that of that of that uh, of that moment? Uh, you know, when you started when they made that offer to you. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't have an agent in high school. Um, I knew, I mean, I was, a, I was a good player, but I was, you know, I was recruited here and there. I wasn't like heavily recruited, but I was recruited pretty good. Um, but I, I, it, it's just, it's so hard, you know, being, and this is what's, what's wild. And they've kind of gone away with scouting and stuff like that, but being over in West Texas, being in, in that Lubbock Amarillo area, it's, it's really hard to get scouted, especially for, for, for professional scouts. Yeah. Um, because it's so far from everything. Um, because back in the day, and I, I don't even know how it is now, I think they kind of all rely on, you know, analytics and stuff like that. But um, they they would have two scouts in Texas. Like each team would have two scouts in Texas. One, you know, the Rangers, for example, or the Tigers would have, you know, a, a Texas, two Texas scouts, one for North Texas, one for South Texas. And they would um, – they would be in charge for pretty much North Texas would be Oklahoma too, you know, and South Texas would be Louisiana. So that's a lot of area to cover. That's a lot of talent, you know, and most of the talent, 99.9% of the talent that's in North Texas is in the DFW area yep. or within an hour, you know, and yep. then 99.9% of the, you know, the, the talent in South Texas is in Houston. Yeah. So they just, unless they had an incredible reason to venture outside of it, especially to go six hours from yeah. Dallas to Amarillo or, you know, in Canyon where I went to school, um, it was, it was very difficult to get scouts um, to go to those games. And so uh, there wasn't, I didn't really have many, many eyes on me. Um, there was two, two teams in particular that really were heavy on me. One was um, the Minnesota twins. And I cannot remember that guy's name, uh, and I should, but uh, the Minnesota Twins and the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Pat Murphy, and I'll, I'll, I'll always remember his name, um, but Pat Murphy with the Tampa Bay Rays, I don't, I don't think he's scouting anymore. I, I think he retired, but he, after that game in the Connie Mack, I went to the, uh, I went to the car and he had called me and he's like, hey man, I just want to let you know that, you know, Tampa, we have some money left over and we wanted to offer it to you. And I was like, oh man, I didn't even think in a million years I'd be able to play professionally. Wow. Um, and I just like, I was, I remember I was, I was in, I was in someone's car. I think I was in my host family's, the back of the host family's car because 
I have a, I have a, a, when I get on the phone, I'll, you know, I was always taught to like really talk clearly and loud. So I talk loud when I'm on the phone. <laughs> yeah. And so like, I always try to get away from people and I pace and, but I, I was like, man, I'll, I'll just go in the car. So that no one hears me or whatever. So I call him back and he was like, man, we, we want to offer you. And it was 350 grand. Ooh. And I, we, we weren't by any means lower class. We were middle, lower middle class. We, they, we, we, they, my parents were hard workers and we had, you know, three boys. So they, we, we didn't, we didn't struggle, you know, they, they made me feel comfortable, but that was a lot of money. And Heck I was yeah, like life changing money. I was like, man, I had never heard of this money in my life. I didn't even know there was a hundred thousand even allowed <laughs> to be behind money. Um, and I, uh, uh, you know, it shook me, man. I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't have an agent, you know, all, really all I had was, you know, you guys and, um, you know, my brothers who I rely heavy on and my, and my family. And so I caught all of them and they're, you know, they're excited and I'm talking to them pretty much all day. And, you know, we, there's a, a one of the host families, um, there, you know, had, had a big party and all the guys got together. And I think, I think all of us, it was kind of like a big thing we had that night. Um, but I was kind of, you know, going outside a lot just to talk on the phone because I didn't know what to do. It was like probably the, the second hardest, probably the hardest decision of my life, um, you know, after college, just picking a college. But um, but yeah, it was it was it was so hard because it was so much money. And, and that was that was like it was I that the the, the last thing that the, the thing that really made me decide if I was going to go to school or to go to pro ball was my dad. I called my dad and I'm like, man, and you know, he's like, you know, you could tell he's like kind of heart dropped and he's like, man, you know, that is hard, you know, but you always, you told me ever since you're a little kid, you can't wait to play college baseball. Wow. And he was like, he was like, man, you know, there's, and this is your decision. I ain't telling you to do whatever you want to, you got to do whatever you want to do. You know, like it, we're going to support you no matter what, but that was kind of the final straw where I, I called Tulane and, I told them about it too. Uh, Jake Gotro is now at Mississippi State. Gotro's like, dang it! Yeah, goat. Yeah, I called. I called goat. Um, I called goat, and I and this was before I kind of talked to my dad. I called Tulane. I was like, goat. I have no idea what to do. Like, Ooh. is that a lot of money? Is that is that enough money for a high school catcher to take it and you know go into pro ball and, and you know and and I had no idea about the lower levels. I I had no idea. I I just. I knew that it was professional baseball and that was one of my dreams, you know? So he was like, Jake, I mean, it is, but give me a sec. And he kind of, he's like, he hangs up, he calls me back and he goes, what if I give you 10 more percent to come to school? And I was like, Oh, now, you know, that's awesome. You know? And, and he, I think they moved around and I think, I honestly think they had one of the players kind of that was going, I don't really know who that is, but they, they moved around the money and, and I and called a player, I think. And asked if, if, if it was all right, if they gave, you know, took 10% and gave it to me. And, wow. and that was kind of, that was another big inclination. And, and I just kind of, those were kind of two big signs. And I, you know, I was driving down the road, like if I was driving down the road, I took the signs and just, and just went with wow. it. Um, wow. But that was. That so was from big, that moment point. you, you picked, and, and that's kind of what I want to get into next is um, from that moment, you made that commitment and said, Hey, I'm, I'm all in at two lanes. So, um, <laughs> I want to keep this. I want, I want, because man, you, you're such a, a knowledgeable guy and you have so much good information in your, in your brain for these, for our audience. Um, 
I want to, I want to gear it towards like the recruiting process. And I want to, I want to, I want to go to say, all right, you made that commitment, like that recommitment to Tulane. Um, did, did that moment of, of getting the offer from the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, did that like fuel you on like another level? Uh, and talk to me about, Hey, the commitment to Tulane and, and tell me a little bit about just the recruiting process in general. I, that's another, I got another long story about that. Um, yeah. So recruiting process was, wasn't, it was really an exciting time for, for me. It was, it was for, for my family, you know, it's, it's really a cool time, especially in the position I was in to get more than one offer, um, and, and be able to go play division one baseball. Um, you know, I, I don't take that for granted for a second, but it was a really stressful time because I didn't, you know, as as a 17, 18 year old kid, I didn't know what I should do, you know, and my family was big on this is yours, you know, like um, and I, I surprised my mom with with Tulane, too. I don't think she was expecting it. But um, but that, that was the big thing. It was like, man, this is all yours. You know, we'll go with you. We'll, we'll give you everything you need. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to make this decision. I'm not even going to tell you you should even halfway go to this this school or that school but um but yeah I mean it it was it was a long process I mean me and my brother my my middle brother um Joe was was a big help in all this and this whole process was we kind of sat down and and, I mean emailed I mean I I bet 75 percent of division one schools when I was like a sophomore and emailed everybody just to get my name out um we started going to these perfect game showcases yeah. Um, when I was little, little, just to get in front of, just to get in front of eyes. Cause like I said, you know, yeah. that, that was the main reason why I came and played for d was there was yeah. at the time we had no summer league baseball team, um, in West Texas in Amarillo. And, um, and my brother like got online and was like, you know, competitive summer league baseball and <laughs> D-Bat showed up and, uh, and I, and that was, you know, that's a whole nother story, but, I, I got into DBAT and just to get in front of college eyes, you know, cause going to yeah. DFW, we kind of knew that those guys weren't going to come out to Canyon all that much. And so I went and started and I got in that organization and thankful for that organization too. And, and kind of built my way up into a great team and, you know, played with a lot of great guys and, you know, all those guys going to all those, you know, great schools, um, you know, got me in front of a lot of eyes. Um, but yeah, I started, like I said earlier, my first ever, Cause, cause I went to every Texas tech camp from when I was 10 years old to high school, like 10 to 14, 15. I went to every single catching camp at university, the Texas Dang. tech I'm every single camp. At Texas Tech right now. Yeah. Um, I went to every single camp. Um, I knew a lot of those coaches. I mean, even some of the coaches I, I played in high, there was like a, a coach that played high school. That was a catching coach there that coached at Plainview. I mean, there was just a lot of people I knew just from going to those every year, you know, they knew, oh, here's this Rogers kid again, probably, you know, and, um, you know, and I, uh, that was a big thing. And when Spencer left um, and they hired Tadlock on Spencer went to university of New Mexico, that was my first, that was my first, um, my first offer. And I had no idea about the offer size and, and how it should be and how, you know, what was a good offer for, you know, a, Cause you know, with 11.7, I didn't know what a good offer was for a hitter or what a good offer was for a catcher, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, they offered me 75%, Ooh. which was a big offer. Um, at the time, 
I didn't know how big it was, but I knew it was substantial. And I went with, uh, I think my, me and my mom went to this one. I went to Albuquerque and I went on a visit. They showed me around, uh, you know, took me to dinner, you know, the whole visit thing and, uh, sat me down and they offered me that amount of money. I went home and like two days later, they were like, do you have a decision? And I was like, Oh, I didn't know I had a time. And they're like, yeah, you have a week. Give me a, call me back in a week. And, uh, I said, and I was kind of like dumbfounded. I was like, well, I'm not putting the time to it. Go ahead. Pass on me. You know, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And like the, the time kind of threw me off New Mexico. I was like, I mean, they could have been, you know, the only one, but I was like, you know, whatever. Jake, what year in high school was that when they made you that offer? Oh man, that was, I was a sophomore at that point. I was a sophomore. That was, you know, 2011, I believe. Yep. Um, and, uh, so that, that whole thing happened. And then after that, um, you know, the end of my sophomore year is when I started, started to get more and more offers um, to different schools. And that was when they were started emailing back, wanting my ACT scores, blah, 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 that whole, that whole thing. Um, for some reason, well, I know the reason why, but I always wanted to go to Cal State Fullerton. Yeah. And I man. wanted to go to the West Coast. Cal State Fullerton and Stanford, and it was because in uh, there was a, a baseball game on – I think it was PlayStation One. Might have been two, but I think it was. I think it was two. It was NCAA baseball. Yes, NCAA baseball, and I always played with Cal State Fullerton because they were always up there, yes. you know, number one through five or whatever. Um, and uh, I always played with Tulane too because Tulane was, I think, number you know, top five at that time. Yep. Um, but anyway, I, that's the big reason why. I, so I emailed all those schools and. Um, had some luck, you know, with emails back and, you know, Hey, here's your ACT scores. And they didn't email me back after that. Um, so I had to take the ACT <laughs> a, few, a few times, um, uh, uh, just to get that, the number up. But so I, but anyway, yeah. And then, you know, the kind of the, the main three that came on was TCU, TCU, Oklahoma and Tulane were kind of the final, the final, I didn't, I never really wanted to go to Texas A&M. I didn't want to go to the big schools, Texas, um, but TCU was a big on my list. Oklahoma was, uh, they came pretty hard. Um, TCU was, they had offered me a scholarship, but depending on a player. And this is a whole nother story. I'm, I'll, I'll get into it. But so I'm, I'm talking my head off right now. So please go, baby. Me. Go. It's a podcast. Um, so yeah. So I, I got it. I got an offer from TCU and it was like, hey, look, we have a percentage for you. But right now, it's out to a kid, an incredible player, Billy McKinney. Oh, and, really? Um, yeah. And he was like, if he commits, because he had he was a huge prospect. Um, he was a first-rounder out of high first school. First-rounder to the A's, um, yeah. And he, he had, I mean, he had, I'm sure he had offers to everybody. But TCU, Oklahoma were kind of those two. And then he ended up committing to TCU. And so Vitello was like, man, we don't have any more money for, you know, position players. He took up a lot. And, I, and I, we're like, I was like, I get it. He was like, you want to be preferred to walk on? And I was like, man, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't afford it. Um, I wish I, I wish I could, you know, TCU is probably number one out of all those, but. Um, and Vitello, and Oklahoma, Vitello was back the recruiting coordinator recruiting, at TCU, recruiting. Yeah. Who, who is now uh, the head coach of Tennessee. T- Tennessee. Yep. Yep. So Vitello was like, Hey man, no hard feelings, you know, whatever. And so after that, it was at the time, Tulane wasn't even in question. It was just pretty much Oklahoma who had offered me 40% at the time. 
and um, which uh, it was was a was a good offer. It was a really good offer, Absolutely. and I had a lot of buddies that were going there on the team. You know, with with uh, you know, top Octavio, you know, Nico Buentello, Sheldon Noisy, all those guys that we played with. Jake Rogers, um, yeah. Yeah, and or, uh, uh, or 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 uh, whom, uh, Elliot, 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 Jake Elliot, yep. yeah, yeah. So we had a lot of buddies on that team that that were going there. You know, four guys on the same team, which is kind of wild to think about. But um, we, so they, so when TCU said, and I called him, I was like, look, man, like, literally, any if you have any more money anywhere, like if it's even five percent, ten percent, is if is there anywhere y'all have? He's like. He's like, man, let me call you back. There's nothing. And then he called me back, said, oh, I'm sorry that we don't have any more money. And I said, okay. About the same week or a week or so later, Billy had committed to TCU. And I was like, for sure, Oklahoma. So I found out Billy McKinney had an offer out to Oklahoma. And I called uh, the recruiting coordinators at the time. And I was like, are you sure you don't have any more money anywhere? And they were like, (laughs) we have no money whatsoever. And I said, okay, it looks like I'm not going to go here. And that was kind of my final decision between OU and Tulane was wow. that. Um, and I, I chose Tulane over them and uh, in, in that regard. But when Tulane – Tulane is a wild story of how it came on the map. So I played the first year – there was a couple years there. Um, I don't even know if it's still going on. I, uh, I doubt it. But it was called the Battle of the Borders Tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Is, is it still going on or – Probably not. I think it is. I think it um, is. But yeah, so they had this Battle of the Borders tournament. It was the first year it ever, ever come up. I played for Team Texas yep. with Cade, uh, Cade Griffiths, and uh, had a pretty good little. You know, we had a we had a good little tournament. I had a good little tournament, and the next year Cade was like, "Dude, one hundred percent, you're going to be on the team next year." And I said, "I would appreciate that more than anything." And this was my junior year, um, junior fall. So it was pretty, pretty late, you know, everyone at this time had probably already committed, you know, not signed yet, but committed. And, um, I was kind of one of the last ones that didn't really have a school and, uh, right about a month before this tournament, this battle of the borders tournament happened, I was texting Cade and asking him, you know, he's like, Oh, you know, contact this guy. And I, I can't remember this guy, the, the coach's name, but, um, and, ended up like we didn't have, there was no spot for me. They had just like filled oh, it. No. And, um, which is fine. I mean, the, he might've forgot. I mean, people get busy. Like I don't hold grudges against that at all, but, uh, my brother actually noticed that team Louisiana only had one catcher on their roster. So Joe is like, dude, email that coach. You need to email him. Just email, email him, send an email, say, look, blah, blah, blah. And I, I sent him a pretty, a pretty crazy email. Um, and if, and I'll, you have to ask that guy about the story, but I sent him an email pretty much saying, look, this thing happened to me with team Texas. I want nothing more than to kick this guy's ass. Yeah. Please yeah. put me on the team and we'll win the tournament. I guarantee it. <laughs> and he loved it. A guy yeah. named Chris Westcott. Um, I owe a lot to him obviously because of the story, but he, Chris, Chris called me back and said, dude, Hell yeah, come play for Louisiana. Let's you can go. play for me any day. So I played for Team Louisiana. I ended up getting MVP of the tournament. And I uh, uh, I don't think we won. I think Oklahoma – I can't remember who won. But I don't think we won. But I ended up getting – I had a really good tournament. And Chris is – you know, he's from Louisiana. I mean, they're just – they're loud and 
they're going to let yeah. people know it through the whole t- you know it's just they don't care you know and and Chris the whole time is yelling at me when I'm playing catching he's like you can come live with me come live with me we'll play against Kate all year next you know just <laughs> trying to recruit me trying to recruit me well after the tournament he goes man do you have any interest in playing at, in Louisiana and I said man I would love nothing more and uh I was like I'm open to anything and he goes here you go and he hands me the phone and it's Rick Jones the head coach at Tulane dang and uh I get on the phone he goes hey Mr. Westcott has incredible things to say about you. How would you like to come play baseball at Tulane? Dang, man. That's and crazy. I went and I was like, man, I, I love it. He's like, we'll come on a visit. We'll show you around. Um, and, and we'll talk, you know, more about your offer when you get here. And I said, awesome. I put down the phone. He gave me his contact information and Gotro, who was a recruiting coordinator at the time, gave me a call the next day or later that day and was like, hey, we got you out next weekend come on and I, I went it was the only visit I went on by myself um and it was a quick one I remember I flew in Saturday morning at I flew out of Dallas at like 6 a.m and spent the whole day in New Orleans and then flew out on Sunday at 6 a.m so it was like a quick it was a really quick it was a one-day thing in and out and uh I flew in and i I fell in love. I fell in love with New Orleans. I fell in love Heck with yeah. the campus. It was, it was a, su- it's a super cool campus. I mean, it's incredible school, but I, I mean, at the time I didn't know anything about that. I was just, you know, curious, you know, playing baseball, but I fell in love with like the tradition of it all, the old school campus, you know, the old oak trees that are growing in the ground. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was, I'm an old soul, but I, I love all that. And um, ended up, they offered me, uh, they offered me 70% at Tulane. Good. And, but, and this was kind of, so I had 70% at Tulane and I had 30 or 40 at Oklahoma. And that was when the call happened. And, um, I told, uh, Oklahoma, I was going to go to Tulane, but that, that is pretty much the story of Chris Westcott because they literally sight unseen had never seen me play a single inning of baseball and offered me that amount of money just off of that guy's which speaks a lot, I think, to Chris um, sure. and how they trust him with that. But it's, it, it, it was, it's, a, it's a kind of a wild story. Um, but, I mean, you just never really know. I mean, that was so last minute. And I think literally I committed, you know, at the Connie Mack World Series and then signed, like, all within um, two or three months. Wow. Um, which it was, Jake- it was all last minute. Let, let me, cause man, uh, let me say, let me add, let me, let me transition into this because like, listen, you're a big league catcher, man. You play, you had multiple division one offers. Obviously not everyone is going to be that talented. We, you right. understand that. But, but something that you said to me uh, that I didn't even know stood out is you sent emails, you hunted down Westcott, uh, you were proactive with your journey, no matter what level that is. Take me into as as a as a twenty eight year old man now who's been there, done that, uh, with all these excellent experiences. When you look back at that and you say, "What what what's the best advice you would have for like the high school players wanting to play at the collegiate level, wanting to play uh, professional baseball?" What 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 comes to mind when? When I when I asked you what what advice do you have for those kids? I mean, just honestly keep playing. I mean, you gotta love it. That's the one thing I always tell tell kids. Like you have to love it. Baseball 
it'll always find a way to it, you'll hate it, but yeah. uh, you have to love it. You have to love playing it. But the biggest advice advice. And, and I had, you know, my brother who was super helpful throughout the whole process, you know, pretty much making me do these things. Um, but he, you know, there's all, there's so many, you, if you want to play at the next level, you can play at the next level. Um, there's plenty of opportunities. Um, like I said, like I emailed pretty much every school ever, um, that was even amazing to me. And, um, and, and just tried to get anybody's attention because you can go online and get anybody's email off the team website. You can get, um, uh, you know, University of Texas, the coaches that, that coached me at Tulane or University of Texas, blow up Philip Miller, you know, like blow them up, blow up Coach Pierce, David Pierce, because yep. they get emails. That's what, they're, that's what they're supposed to do, you know, and if they can have a kid that they get an email from and they have a video of, of your talents or whatever and can see you online, it's just it's an easier thing for them to, to weed out and go, you know what, we can go see this guy. And then they can go right up the road when you're playing whoever you're playing close to them and, and, and go see. And you can do that for Texas. You can do that for, you know, uh, Division Two West Texas A&M, that, you know, in Canyon, Texas that I grew up in. I mean, there's, there's you know, Division Three JUCO. I mean, there's so many kids even on this mm-hmm. team right now, um, you know, in Detroit that, that were JUCO guys. Um, I mean, it's, it's very possible. You know, you just have to – if you want to play it and you really, truly love it, you can find a place and um, just be a go-getter, man. You know, if, if you want to do it, go get it. You know, if, if you're not, you know, not fully into it, you know, uh, and, and you're talented enough to, for the talent, you know, for all the schools to come, come at you. I mean, that's, that's another thing, man. That's you're blessed. You're, you're a part of a, a small percentage, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of spots. You just got to want it and go get it. Man. I, I, um, I love hearing you say that because, Truly, the the opportunities. One of the most beautiful things about baseball is guys develop at different times. They oh, mature. Yeah. They click at different times, and you never know if you're that far or that you know that far away from from it all making sense. So I love that advice. Um, I, I want I want you to talk to the audience um, about failure. Um, and I want I want your thoughts on how important it is to embrace failure and to understand uh, that that's part that's one of the biggest parts of the game. Talk yeah. to me about it. I mean, it's it's the biggest part, you know, and it's so cliche, but it's so true. I mean, you fail seven out of ten times. You're and especially nowadays, you're you're an incredible hitter, you know, and yeah. always been an incredible hitter. Um, excuse me, um, but it's so important and that was uh, some advice my dad gave me a long time ago was always have a small memory, short memory, small memory, whatever you call yeah. it. Um, and that was one thing I always, you know, my dad was super hard on me, you know, he was and I, and I appreciate it out of him, but that was one thing, like it was always, you mess up. It's like, who cares? They're going to be another ball come at you or you swing a miss on a one, you know, it, it, it's failure is a part of the game. And that's, that's what makes this game. So, so beautiful is, is you have to thoroughly love it and thoroughly enjoy it because it is a game of failure. And, and knowing that all these guys that you're playing with thoroughly enjoy it and thoroughly love it. That's the beauty of the whole game is because you know that each guy has had his own road and own own path to get to exactly where it is, whether it's Mm. a a buddy you played 
like a buddy I played with in high that, you know, he went to university of Georgia, made it all the way to double a, and now he has a successful career outside of baseball, you know, um, you know, it's not, it's not everybody's walk, man, but you know, he gave it a try. He gave it the best he could and, um, sat down and had a, you know, talk with himself and went with there, you know, and it's, it's such, it's such a beautiful game where that guy doesn't regret a single, you know, doesn't regret a single thing in his life because he gave it a try and realized that the game of failure kind of got him, you know, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful game, but you know, I, I, and trust me, I, and you can look at the basketball back of my baseball card, I have failed. Um, and especially, you know, coming up in 2019, I've been a part of it and it was tough, man. It's, it's so hard, you know, cause especially at the highest level, they figure you out and they, they, they exploit your weaknesses, you know, at the plate and they, you know, you chasing a slider away in the dirt because I love sliders away in the dirt. They, <laughs> Who doesn't? They'll throw it, they'll throw it over and over again. Um, and you know, it, 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 it makes you so much better as a person and, and a player to kind of go through that. But if you can just have that short memory, that small memory and, and be able to flush it um, because some of the best players I've ever played with are the guys that nothing bothers them. Nothing wow. bothers them. You can, you can, they can strike out with the bases loaded in the bottom of the ninth and they're, they're mad for about five seconds because they know they let the team down. And then the next day they come to the yard and they're like, who's next? All right, we got you, Cole. Dude, that is crazy that you say that. Cause I, I want to say, I want to point this out. And I, and I think, you know, this, you should know it. You, I think you're a pretty self-aware guy, but that's how I would describe you. I would describe you because I, what I want the what I want the people that are listening to this know that if you don't know who Jake Rogers is, you should know the dude is an absolute stud. But as good as he is as a as a as a baseball player, Jake, you're one of the coolest, most laid back, approachable. Who gives a rit? I'm just going to be good to people type guys. And does that just how how how? your personality is that is that the reason why you've had this success uh at the highest levels it's almost like just water off a duck's back you know you know oh well if i do oh well if i don't is that kind of how it is for you i mean i i'd like to think so you know every and it's it's a big a big piece of advice you know i always got um you know growing up was that small memory and um and kind of even more so is like you know, you kind of grow up and you know guys that are rude, you know, guys that aren't very nice. And you kind of meet guys along the way that are like, man, you know, I, I wouldn't care if I ever talked to him again, you know, uh, oh, type of guys. Yeah. Um, and it's always, you know, behind being a great player, there's a lot of guys that really, you know, they're great teammates, great teammates, great people. Um, and that's, you know, that's, you know, tip of the cap to my parents. Um, for, for raising me and, 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 and and raising me right, you know, and, and just instilling to me, like, it's not, it's about, cause you always have a chance if you're a good guy, you know, like you go into an interview for anybody, for anybody, um, you know, whether it's baseball, whether it's insurance, you know, you always have a chance if you're one of the most light guys in the room because people like being around you, people like talking to you. Um, and, and that's kind of what I, and I went through some, you know, I got some stories where I wasn't a good guy with people I shouldn't have. And I learned pretty quick that that's not very, you know, a good thing to do. And, yeah. um, and it, and it humbled me, man. It humbled me. It, it cost me some service time in the big leagues. And, you know, wow. and now it's, it's, I, uh, I, I tell my nephew this all the time, man. It's like, you want to be the most light guy in the room. 
That's the biggest thing. Wow. You want to be the most light guy in the room because it goes a long way, man. People love being around you. You you exude like this, this, this. It's not necessarily like a confidence, but it's almost like a confidence cocky thing where you don't really care what happens. You're just here to have fun. You're here to you know play the game that you love and play it your whole life. Um, and it's I don't know if it does, but I hope it exudes and, and it helps people you know in the dugout you know go like oh you know. Jake went 0 for 5 today and struck out eight times. We won 1 to 0. You know, wow. you know he, you know what I'm saying like he You're conscious you're conscious of 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 that mentality. I I well I know that it's not going to help me at all like in my head and my in my mental wow. approach and my mental stuff. I know it's not going to help me at all to blow up and when I go 0 for 5 because I know like there's always the next day. You know, there's always tomorrow. Mm. Whether it's yep. In the big leagues, whether it's in AAA, I, I know I get to play the day tomorrow. And um, and I, I trust myself and my approach and, and all the coaches and what they've done in the pitcher that I know I got this guy tomorrow. You know, and that's kind of the big thing. It's, it's a, a confidence. It's, it's, um, it's kind of a, a swagger, if you'd like to say that. But it's also at the same time, people, like I said earlier, man, like the best players I've ever played with, like it's like almost like they don't care. It's like it doesn't even matter to them. Like baseball doesn't even matter. They're just like who, who who comes to mind when you when you're thinking when you're saying that. Yeah. Who comes to your mind? Some of the best. The ever? the best player I've and like the best I've I've run through a lot. But the guy that I play with right now that is just an incredible player has incredible talent and honestly doesn't even know how he does it is his name is Riley Green. He's an outfielder for us. Nice. He's a young kid. Um, he doesn't know how good he is still to this day wow. as a big leaguer. Um, but he, he truly like is just an unbelievable talent and he'll play this game for a long time because he truly just is like, I'm going to go up there, see ball, hit ball. Like I've had to change my swing over the years because I needed to, and I had to, I can't just see ball, hit ball anymore. Yeah. Um, but he truly at the highest level is just like, throw it in here. I'll hit it. And he does. And he's, he can track him down in the outfield. He's, he's truly like that. And, and it's not saying that he's not competitive, you know, that's not, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying like he doesn't care at all about, you know, if we win or lose or whatever. I mean, it, you still care about competitiveness. You still want that drive to win. You got that. You want to win every day, but it's just this kind of, you know, here I am and I'm going to hit it, you know, and it's, and he does it, wow. but that that's the one guy that kind of comes to mind right now. Riley green. Um, Jake, just a couple more questions for you, man. And, and, and we'll, we'll finish up, but um, I, 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 I would be just kind of along those, those lines. And I know it's fun for, for the, for just baseball fans. I'm a baseball fan and, and we all want anybody who's ever played the game with the passion that you have for it, uh, that I have for it the goal is to get to the big leagues and very few people do that. So what's it like being a big leaguer? It's, it's incredible. So much fun, man. It's so much fun. Uh, it's everything they ever talked about. Um, it's, it's so much fun. I mean, I, I truly enjoy the game. I, I love competing. I'm a little kid, man. I, I, I love baseball cards. I love collecting memorabilia. You know, I, I, I try to get everybody's autograph that I can, you know, even if, you know, if they've meant something to me along the way, whether it's, you know, a, a Cape Cod roommate or, you know, a, um, you know, it, I, I love, I just, I truly love the game. And I think that's kind of what helped me 
you know, become and get to the highest level is I truly did love it because there was some guys along the way that they, they were really good at it, but really just didn't like the game. They were just good at it. And they, they viewed it as a job and interesting. Um, and they, um, and, and they, and even my brother, like he would come watch me play and hang out with us. And, you know, one guy would be like, you know, and it's like, this guy's incredible. He got so much power and then he just doesn't really like the game. And sure enough, you know, he, a year later, he's not in the game anymore, you know? Yeah. Um, so it, uh, you know, I just, it's, it's so much fun, man. I, I, you can't really describe it, but it's, it's, it really is a dream come true. You know, I, I've been through all the levels in the minor leagues and, and um, you know, I, uh, a story my dad loves to tell is like, there was, we, we were busting from, I was in double A, we were busting from Erie, Pennsylvania to Portland, Maine. And it's like a 16 hour bus ride. Yeah. And we were busting through, through the, through the day, through the night into the next day into an off day. And, um, and I was sitting by like a, you know, like on the buses, they have the emergency exit windows, like where they kind of can pop out and you can push yeah, it on. Yeah. Out. Well, the window was broke. And so for 16 <laughs> hours, I was laying up against the window trying to sleep and it's doing it, you know, the whole time, the whole time. And I lasted until about, we played a game at seven, ended at 11 and got out of there, you know, at midnight, about three hours later, we're down the road. And I'm like, man, I can't sleep. And I like, and I'm just, everyone else is passed out and I'm just sitting there, you know, wide awake. And uh, I called my dad and I knew he was asleep, but I woke him up and I'm like, Dude, you got to talk to me. I'm so bored right now. <laughs> and, uh, and he's, you know, pissed the moment. He's like, well, what's going on? I'm like, well, windows broke and I'm not gonna be able to sleep for another 13 hours. I got 13 more hours to go on this bus ride. Oh, yuck. And he's, you know, laughing, you know, like sucks for you. You know, I'm in a nice bed about to sleep, but I talked to him for a little bit and hung up. And a couple of years later, um, I called him and told him that I'm, I, made the big leagues and I'm going to, I'm flying on the way to Anaheim. And, um, you know, he was, he was super happy, but. What he, was that he, like? Dave? What was that like? The debut or like getting the call? What, or, what was it like knowing that you got called up and what was that conversation like between you and your dad and telling the people that you loved? Yeah. So it was kind of, it kind of got my, my call up kind of got ruined because of Twitter. So it broke on Twitter during oh. my AAA baseball game that day. Oh. And the manager had to – so normally what they do is they kind of wait, and, and you've probably seen videos online and people have seen videos of people getting called up. But they what they do is they kind of bring you into the office and then they say, hey, man, congratulations. And, you know, they do some sort of congratulatory, you know, big thing or everyone finds out. Um, but he had to come up to me in the middle of the dugout, and he was like, hey, man, come here, and took me into the tunnel and was like, hey, you're, you've probably heard from fans and stuff, but, yeah, you're going to go to the big leagues tomorrow. You're going to play the Angels. And I – was speechless and like I just kind of stood mm. there and even though I kind of knew it was going to happen I when he told it to me I just like got emotional and, I, and he was like dude you're good go go to the go to the clubhouse call who you want to call you know take your time you know you know we're not going to play you today you're good and wow. I'm like okay so I go inside and uh I called my Joe I called my brother first um and told him and he was pumped but uh then I called called my mom and dad and, it, and Ben, my oldest brother, was actually in the mountains in Colorado fly fishing. So I couldn't get a hold of him. Oh, so he didn't ben? find out until like late, late that night into the next day. And he's he watching TV and he's like, my brother's on TV. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't have any service. But 
No, it was it was so it was awesome, man. They, I mean, it was just it was a but it was very emotional. You know, a lot of people crying and yeah, you know, the hard work, man. It, it it was a lot of hard work. It was a long road, and and uh, it all paid off, man. But it was it was you know to tie in the story of my dad. I, I called him that day, and he goes, man, just just call me in the morning because I'll you know I'll be up and going to work. And I had like I had a six a.m. flight to L.A. or something. I can't remember. It was an early flight um, out of Detroit. And I, uh, I called him and I, and uh, he didn't answer, called me back and I was getting on the plane and no matter if, when you're going to the big leagues or from the, not from the big leagues, but if you're going to the big leagues or with the big league team and they have like a function or you're getting called up, you fly first class. And it's the first time I've ever flew fly first class in my life. And I, uh, he, I call, he calls me and I answer and I'm like, he's like, Oh, sorry, Mr. Call, blah, blah, blah. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm getting on the plane. He's like, Oh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm getting in first class. He goes, couple bad words here and there and he was like <laughs> freaking two years ago two years ago today you're calling me at 3 a.m you know just complaining about a broken window on a bus and here you are taking first class to los angeles you know and unbelievable um, but it, um, it was it's uh it was it was incredible i mean it was so much fun i mean i i love that debut experience was incredible um you know getting to play against like pool holes which is a huge look up and yeah playing against Trout and Otani, um, Justin Upton. I mean, just big names, you know, that I've looked up to and watched my whole life. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, obviously playing with Miggy and, all, you know, I mean, it was, it, was, it was a pretty unreal experience. And honestly, I, I couldn't tell you a single thing that happened that day because everything was going so fast. I had so many interviews. I had so many. And it was like wow. before I knew it, I was sitting in my hotel bed and I'm like, what just happened? You know, like I just because I they don't normally play you when you fly out. They normally like you'll fly out and be like, all right, take the day. Um, you're playing. You're starting tomorrow. You know, the day game or whatever it is. You know, you're starting tomorrow against this guy. You're catching this guy. You know, kind of get your your things in order. And uh, but I, I got in and I got into the park at like 11 a.m., which is super early. You know, there's guys that kind of get there early, like. Like I'm one of the earlier guys, and we'll get there at twelve thirty one for a seven o'clock game, but eleven thirty is pretty early. And um, uh, a guy named Bobby Wilson, who's now the the coach for um, he's the catching coach for the Rangers, uh, was playing with me. He was in the big leagues at the time. Ended up getting DFA'd, and he was he was like, as soon as you get called up, you better start doing homework because at the time it was it was we were we were still not kind of analytical but it was kind of flipping to everything being so numbers driven but i went in and i had and i sat down and i just did all the homework on all the hitters like where to pitch them just in case i was going to play and i did that for like it took me like two hours and then about that time the manager walked in and i went and shook his hand and said hey he's like hey you know ron gardenhire oh yeah Yeah, um he was like man he he was like well, I mean, you want to play today? And I said, it's kind of what I'm here for. <laughs> and he, was, yeah, yeah. he goes, all right, you're playing. And I went, oh, all right. So I went Ooh. and I just, I had to start studying, studying. I just started studying all the hitters and stuff um, and trying to just I get wanna, in my head. I, I want to know this. I want to know this. Pitch Trout and freaking Albert Pujols has got 8,000 home runs. Jeez, dude. I want to know this. When you were running out on that field for the first time, what was that like? And I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. Like, I mean, were you floating? Were you nervous? 
I am always nervous. I get nervous for every game. I, I get butterflies literally every game. Uh, really? It takes me until about – until probably after like the first two pitches or so. And then I kind of wow. lose it and I settle in. But, um, man, I, I was for sure nervous. Um, I, I had a pretty good game. I had a pretty good game that game and the next game. But, yeah, I was nervous, man. But I, it didn't matter because, like I said, like I had no – like I don't remember – like and this is why everyone says like, oh, you know, they, what do you hear? You know, what did Miggy tell you when you came up? And, it, you know, or what did this guy tell you when you debuted? You know, it's like, oh, just embrace it. You know, enjoy yeah. it because it only comes once, you know. And that's like – it's so true, but it's so hard to do because you're so caught up in emotions and you're going – Wow. Everyone wants to, everyone wants to, you know, what happened in Toledo? How did they tell you, you know, what your family, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and which is part of the story, you know, and they have to tell you, they want to know it in the media and that you just have interview after interview and then you go out and you hit VP and then you come in and you have interview and then get ready for the game. And, you know, you're, you're walking out an hour before the game time and getting ready to catch. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's, it was just so nonstop that I don't even, I, I truly remember it, but I couldn't tell you what happened or what pitch I hit or, I mean, it, it was, it's, it's kind of a weird deal, man. And, and it, it took a, it took a few days. What, was your, what was your, what was your stat line in your, in your first game? What'd you do? Uh, two for four, two for four. Who was your, who was your first hit off in the big leagues? Who was it off of? Uh, Griffin Canning. Griffin oh, Canning. Oh yeah, the dude from UCLA. Griffin Canning. Yeah. He, he's still in the big leagues, still kicking. Yep. Um, we have a he he's one of my favorite pitchers to hit off of in the big leagues. I've got well, three, not. I got three homers off of him or something. Oh. <laughs> Griffin, hey, I, I love you, but I appreciate it. Uh, um, well, Jake, uh, let me let me say this, man. I, I want to. I gotta. I, I gotta. I gotta. I got one quick question for you, and then I gotta wrap this up. I gotta let yeah. you go. Uh, what's the per diem in the big leagues? Uh, what uh, these days? Per diem? Oh man, yeah. not not much. Like thirty bucks a day. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Man, they, so they they took it away. Because um, wasn't they it like took it away? Like, they took so it used to be like a hundred and something dollars a day. Okay. Um, and but they took it away because in the union in the CBA, one of the agreements they came on was that you no longer have to tip clubbies, which we still tip clubbies. But they made a, a thing that they the because clubs used to only get paid on tips. Like that was like their yep. only source of income where these clubhouse managers, you know, that are doing everything for you, you know, washing your clothes and all that stuff. But um, they were only getting paid off tips. And what they did was they made the team pay them a salary and then kind of tried to take away tips, but no right humans not going to tip a guy, you know, for washing your clothes. I mean, it's just yep. part of the deal, you know, yep. but yeah, they, they, they went down pretty, pretty quick. I think it's like, I want to say it's like 30 bucks, 30 a day, 30, 35. Wow. wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? Who cares? Because you guys get everything catered in anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, you get two meals no matter what. Um, yeah, that's awesome. So. That's awesome. Well, hey, More Jake, time. man, I want to say this to you and as we're wrapping up. Uh, number one, listeners, audience, guys, if you don't know who Jake Rogers is, you have got to start following this guy. Uh, follow him on Twitter. Follow him on Instagram underscore j rog j-r-o-g underscore is that right jake uh, go follow him and and I'll, I'll say this knowing him the way that i know him he's the most gracious this is one of the most gracious guys that you'll ever meet if you're if you're a 
parent right now, you want your kid watching this guy and the way he goes about his business because this is how you do it. This is exactly how you treat people. Good human being, stud baseball player, excels at everything. So if you don't know who he is, follow him and have your kids watch him and, and make him uh, – I know my boys are mandated – your their favorite player, Jake, whether they want to or not. Uh, so, but Jake, um, I want to thank you so, man. I, and, and on behalf of like truly all the guys that, you know, our past coaches, every, you know, those circles. So proud of you, dude. Yeah. Keep appreciate doing it. Man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. Um, appreciate you having me on. I really enjoyed it. I hope, hope you get one piece or something that someone can take and, uh, and use it to, I just hope they get something from it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I got to brag on you too. You know, we didn't even get to the point where you told me not to take pitches off and Harry him in the big leagues. So that's a huge piece of advice that I, hey. I appreciate. I got to brag on you a little bit too. But hey. that was a huge, a huge piece of advice in the parking lot after a game was like, man, you're good. But, you know, you take pitches off here and there and you need to figure it out. And uh, I actually, you know, it's, I think helped me truly a lot because I was so talented with that position. And I think I took it some pitches for granted and I would take some pitches off because I thought I would catch them and I didn't. So that was one piece of advice that I took to heart and I appreciate it. But yeah. Uh, hey, I'm, I am happy that I, I was able to help in some way, shape yeah. or form. And, and, and you know what, I'll say this, Jake, I, this is, this is what I want. Uh, you were so uh, you handled crit, like constructive criticism so well, that was something advanced in retrospect. You look back at that, you say he was unbothered, but he listened and yeah. Uh, and dude, nothing got by you. And, and it was like, you were, you're the best that I've ever been around. So Jake, I love you, man. I am, I, we're so proud of you. And, and, uh, and I, Hey, go happy Valentine's day. Yeah. Okay. Happy Valentine's day. Uh, and, uh, I hope everything works well for you from now until spring training, Go have a great spring training. We're going to be following you in the in the in the uh, the upcoming season, man. Uh, awesome. Best of luck, you okay? I appreciate it, man. Love you too. All right, see you, Jake. Again, I want to thank Jake Rogers for taking some time to talk with us today. Go give him a follow on the gram and X at underscore J Raj at underscore J R O G underscore, and be sure to tune in and watch number thirty four behind the dish on a TV this spring. I'm your host, Ross Hawley, and on behalf of Showcase and College Baseball, I want to thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Showcase and College Baseball group page on Facebook or visit us at collegerecruitprep.com for more of our podcasts and content. We will see you next time.